Hey everyone, and welcome to Theana Money, where we seek to help the good man leave an inheritance to his children's children. This is Jeremy, the host of Theana Money. Indebtedness is a major issue for many Americans, and college debt is a large part of that for many people. That is why in this episode, I want to help everyone who has not attended college yet, but is considering it by giving you ideas to avoid tens of thousands of dollars of debt and college tuition tuition loans. I don't know how many high school listeners I have or adults thinking about going back to college, but even if, the, if this episode does not apply to you directly, please listen to it anyways. It can help you think about helping your children or future children build their careers. And you could also share this episode with someone you know who is considering college and is unsure about what they want to do. Before we jump into the meat of the episode, I just want to ask you all to subscribe to Theana Money and turn on the auto-download if you have not already done so. Tell your friends about the podcast, uh, shoot them links to where they can listen to this or some of the other episodes, and uh, follow Theana Money on social media and share and retweet and whatever other words the various social media platforms use on the posts I make. So there was a time in America really not that long ago, maybe as far back as our grandparents or their parents, where getting a college degree would really set you apart and probably made sure you could get a job that paid at least something decent, if not very well. Sure, the cost of college was high, but adjusted for inflation, it was a lot cheaper than it is today. Today, it is not always the case that just having a college degree sets you apart and oftentimes almost guarantees you a job. Sure, if you have a degree in a field where college is actually necessary and not just preferred, and that field has more vacancies than people who are willing and able to fill them, then college even if you have to go tens of thousands or over $100,000 in debt, can be worth it. When I was in my first couple years of high school, I wanted to go to Cedarville University, a Christian college in Ohio, and become a pharmacist. With room and board and before any scholarships, Cedarville's like 40K per year. But pharmacists start out around 100K per year, so it would be worth it to pay 40K per year for seven years in order to make 100K Per year for the rest of my life. And it would probably actually be a less than 40k per year once I took into account scholarships. And if after listening to this episode you still plan to go to college, from what I can tell you with the three or four classes I took through due enrollment at Cedarville, it's a good college. They like to hire graduates of Southern Seminary, a couple hours south of them, and I know Southern and at least some way, seems to be going woke, so I don't know what that will mean long-term for Cedarville. But the Old Testament literature and spiritual formation classes I took there like 10 years ago were really good. Spiritual formation was basically a hermeneutics class, but the professor 
helped me become a lot better at writing because of how strict he was. And for the record, Cedarville is not an endorser of my podcast or a paid advertiser or anything like that. I just overall have a positive opinion from the school and got to hang out with some members of uh, their band Heart Song when I worked at a church camp an hour away from the college, and those people were pretty cool. I was a bit more evangelical back then than I am now, so I don't know how that would change my opinion now, but I still have an overall positive view of Cedarville and occasionally listen to some of the old Heart Song songs from like 10 years ago, like their cover of uh, Mighty Fortress which is really good. I mean, it's not a rock version like my friend Tim Bouchong's that y'all know if you have listened to Radio Free Geneva, but it's still a really good cover of A Mighty Fortress. Anyway, Cedarville aside, and back to the topic of this episode, unless you go into something where the degree is necessary for your field and the field is actually in high demand, or you get a general degree that is actually good and not a waste of money, I'm thinking of one example here, and that is New St. Andrews College in Moscow, Idaho. Then for many people, college is not a smart investment of your money. I'm going to talk about why that is for a bit, and then tell you some things you can do that are much cheaper than college and can still make you a lot of money. Perhaps more than the job that college degree would have landed you would have paid. Part of why college degrees do not make you as desirable of a potential employee to business owners these days is because of supply and demand. What just about everything in economics, economics, better be able to pronounce that word with a podcast like this. What just about everything in economics seems to come back to you at one point or another. When few people were getting college degrees, those with them were more desirable because the supply was lower. As more people got college degrees, the supply went up And when supply goes up, demand tends to go down because now there are more of whatever it is. In this case, college college graduates. In other cases, some sort of product people are selling. To meet the demand employers have for people with college degrees. In other words, the demand is met, if not exceeded, by the higher supply. And thus, those with college degrees are not in as high demand as they were before. Not only does the higher supply make degrees today oftentimes less valuable to employers than they would have been a century ago, there is a large percentage of people who get a college degree and then get a job in a completely different field. When that happens, all your degree does is show that you have one to maybe get your foot in the door at the company, but it does nothing to help prepare you for your job. Your on-the-job training does that, and you could get that on-the-job training with or without your college degree, and without the college degree, you would still have all the money you otherwise would have paid for your college degree. What I've discussed thus far is just made all the worse when we consider how much more college costs than it used to. Sure, everything costs more because of inflation, where with average inflation rates, not to mention what Congress and Presidents Trump and Biden have given us with the various stimulus checks the last few years. With typical inflation rates, the U.S. dollar loses half of its value every, like, 30 years on average. But college costs have gone up at a rate much higher than inflation rates. Is this because inflation in some areas is higher than inflation in others? 
That is to say, we can look at the inflation rate of a nation's economy as a whole, or we can look at the inflation rate among various markets within that economy, and they will each be different. So maybe college just has had a higher rate for one reason or another. The answer is more complicated than just that. Or perhaps simpler, because the explanation I'm about to give you is actually not very complicated. It's a rather simple explanation. Student loans, uh, especially government student loans, have increased the cost of college. When there is more money that is able to be paid, prices tend to go up. This is sometimes referred to as not leaving money on the table. Let's use buying a used car as an example. I think one smart way we can get cars that are somewhat new but still save money is by purchasing cars that were leased. It's only two or three years old and the person who leased it had to take relatively good care of it or he will be hit with a lot of fees. Although these days the auto market is crazy and what was smart a decade ago might not be anymore. But generally, I think this is a good idea when things are normal. (laughs) So I'm going to buy a used car that was leased. The dealer says that it's three years old, has 30,000 miles on it, and cost 30k when it was new, so they want 22k for it now, taking 8k off for the age and wear and tear on it. By the way, these are fictional numbers, and I have never actually bought a previously leased car, so I'm just taking a stab at numbers that might make sense. If I'm too high or low, just know this and don't execute me over unrealistic numbers in a fictional example. We can talk about what will get execution as the sentence for a crime in a theonomic nation, but this is not one of them. I try to haggle that dealer and get him down to 20k for that used, previously leased car. 2,000 off what he wants for it. Never Split the Difference is a good book on how to bargain and haggle prices down if you want some help on that. Matt Williams, who was on an earlier episode of this podcast that you should check out if you have not listened to it, recommended it when he was still doing his podcast back in the day. So I'm trying to haggle him down a bit on that used car. Let's say I have 25k saved up to buy a new car, or new to me car, as the case is here. One thing I am not going to do is tell that used car salesman that I have 25k to spend. If I lead with that, then the price of that car is going from 22k to 25k because he does not want to leave money on the table. Or if he can't try to uh, adjust the price up on that used car, he'll try to sell me a better car that's worth the 3k more or something like that. He's going to try to not leave money on the table. I am going to, without lying, you know, big principle there since that's kind of one of the Ten Commandments, I'm going to, without lying, Act like I don't have that much money to spend. Perhaps I will tell him that I have money saved up, but I don't want to dip into my emergency fund because I am honestly counting some of that 25k as part of my emergency fund and stuff like that. But if he knows that I have 25k I am willing to spend, then I ought to just walk away and buy a car from someone else because I would be hard-pressed to haggle the guy down as much as I could if he did not know that. Or for a literal example, not just fictional, think about a year or two ago when the government decided that anyone who bought a Tesla would get a $500 tax credit 
because what they are doing is supposedly so good for the environment. Then Tesla's went up in price by $500 like a few days, maybe a week or two later. Didn't want to leave money on the table. The same is true with colleges. If a college knows that most of its students can only afford 10k per year and are unable to get loans because, financially speaking, what bank or other entity wants to loan thousands or tens of thousands of dollars to a kid in his late teens or early 20s to get a degree that may or may not be that great? So if a college knows that many students cannot get student loans and have little cash in their pocket, then it makes it difficult for the college to charge more than 10k per year. And that may include room and board and books in that 10k. If the college were to charge more, then it could go out of business from not enough students attending. But now the college knows that the government will guarantee that any student who needs it can get a loan for, say, 10k per year. Then that means the price of college just doubled because the college knows that what each student is able to pay just doubled. They don't want to leave money on the table. And now colleges are getting more money, so they can afford all of these unnecessary amenities like gyms that cost multi-hundred thousand dollars, pools, and all of these other things that are nice, but like, does a college really need to have that? So those are some of the reasons that college today is not as beneficial as college a century ago was. Let's look at some of the ways you can get yourself an education or your own business at a fraction of the cost of going to college and avoid getting tens of thousands of dollars of student loan debt. There are all kinds of different ways you can use stuff like Skillshare or just YouTube to learn new things and to be able to teach yourself new skills. I talked a lot about that in episodes 77 and 78 a few months ago. But I do not want to rehash things said on previous episodes for you all. I want to talk about other ideas, things that can get you a career like college is supposed to get you, but without going to college, spending years of your life studying instead of making money, or making more money if you have a part-time job during college, and accumulating debt that some people later find to be insurmountable. So what are some of these ideas? I'm going to give you all some ideas, but keep in mind these are not step-by-step guidelines, but... Rather, ideas that are to be modified to fit your situation if they apply to you, or outright rejected if they do not. Be smart and do not make a dumb decision because I supposedly told you to do this. Because I am not. I'm trying to help give you ideas, not a step-by-step process to be a millionaire by the time you're 30. Trade school is one option. This is the most like college out of the options I'm going to give you on this list, but trade school is different than college in some key ways. One of those ways, one that is important to the topic of this episode, is the cost. Trade school is usually much cheaper than college, but there are other benefits as well. Trade school will let you focus on the skills you need for your specific trade more than a college would, where what, like a third of your classes are general classes that have little to no relation to your actual degree. Trade school also gives you hands-on training with the trade you are trying to learn. 
It can often take less time to complete than the college degree you otherwise would have gotten. And trades are in demand. So it could have a higher chance of getting a job in the field than a college degree, where I already said many do not end up getting jobs related to their degree. Another option to consider is to get an apprenticeship. This can be a nice option since you can actually get paid while you do your training. You might be able to find an apprenticeship under a master electrician or plumber or some other type of apprenticeship and get paid during the time it takes you to do all your training. Perhaps something like $15 per hour. I know that is not a ton of money, but you're getting paid to learn a skill or trade. So how much can you really complain that it's not more than that? Another potential benefit of an apprenticeship is that when you're done with it, the guy you were apprenticing under might decide to hire you as a full employee and pay you a lot more money than when you were an apprentice to do the stuff he has now spent perhaps years teaching and training you to do. Considering that it is training for a job where you make money while you're at it, I think an apprenticeship is a really good option for more people to consider than there currently are people considering it. Whether that means an apprenticeship is for you or not is for you to decide, but it could be an idea to consider. Part of what to consider is the lower salary for however long your apprenticeship lasts until you're done with it. If you're a young single guy, you could probably live on $15 an hour. Especially if uh, your parents see you are working hard and smart and doing this in lieu of college. So they let you stay at their place for free or cheap for a year or two while you save up money so you can get an apartment or buy a house. But if you are married and want your wife to not have the burden of having to get a job, you probably cannot live on $15 an hour unless you have some other source of income outside of your apprenticeship. So there are things to consider. Another idea is that instead of going to school to learn how to run a business, you can just start one. I know that sounds crazy and intimidating. And if I were the one considering this, I would be intimidated and skeptical just like you. Especially if I was a high school student considering this instead of going to college. But think about this. You go to college and spend what? 10K a semester for the next four years to learn how to run a business? That's $80,000 over eight semesters that make up the four years of college. With college costs these days, 10K a semester, even after scholarships are applied, is probably less than what a lot of people pay, especially if you live on campus and have room and board to add to the cost. Plus, you have all of that time spent on college instead of doing the work of running a business and learning hands-on. You graduate high school, have your summer break where you maybe get a job and learn some stuff about running a business there. If it's a job that lets you do something like that, but it might be hard to get a job like that at 18. Then you spend all of these years in college with summer breaks in between school years. That's a lot of time. Instead of that, here are some ideas you can think through. Give yourself a month summer break. This is not actually a break, but a time where you spend hours a day listening to podcasts on starting and running a business, watching YouTube videos on it, reading books on the subject, googling different aspects of it, 
learning the legal issues that you could run into and how to avoid them, stuff like that. So give yourself a month to do this. And a month is just an idea. You can give yourself more or less time than that. I've said before on the podcast that learning something a little bit at a time over a long time helps you remember it better than cramming it all in a shorter period of time. Instead of spending 10 hours a day for a month, the first month after you graduate high school doing this, spend a couple hours a week your entire senior year might be a lot more productive. And then you could get started on it all immediately after you graduate instead of taking a month to study. What books to read might depend on what type of business you want to start, but anything that covers the legal and accounting side would be great, as well as books like Good to Great, which just about everyone recommends. The Nordstrom Way is also a popular one. Then take some money and just start a business. Were you looking at putting 10k per semester, 20k per year into your college education? Well, then take that $10,000 you were planning to spend on your first semester of college and invest it on starting your own business. At this point, you should have spent a lot of time thinking about what you're good at that other people are willing to pay for, some sort of good or service others are willing to buy from you. Then you spent all of that time researching how to run a business. Now you are applying that and spending some serious money in order to start your own business. There will be a lot of flying by the seat of your pants, learning how to do something as you are doing it, Googling, or duck duck going, something that you will need to do that same day or the next day, and other stressful stuff. And you may lose the entire $10,000 if the business flops, which a lot of them do. That sounds terrifying, especially if you think about all of your bills. But you know what? If you're 18 and fresh out of high school, you do not have that many bills. And if your parents were going to let you live at their house until you graduated college, then they might let you live there for a bit while you get your business off the ground since you are doing this instead of college. That would minimize a lot of costs. But even minimizing costs, the prospect of spending potentially 10K and then possibly losing it all is terrifying. I'm not going to minimize that. It is terrifying. If uh, you are someone that doesn't like risk, this might not be the course of action for you. But I said that to consider the amount you would have spent your first semester in college because that money would all be spent on college by the end of the year you graduated high school anyways. In other words, even if your business venture failed, you are out no more money than you would be going to college for a single semester. But you say that going to college would get you some college credit and there's all that stuff you would learn that is a decent response with some true things. But college credits do little except get you a degree and it takes seven more semesters to do that. As far as the knowledge goes, you will learn more about starting and running a business by doing all of this research on your own and then actually trying to start a business. You'll learn a lot more that way than your first semester of college in a business course would teach you. Honestly, more than any semester would teach you, or even a few semesters combined, especially the first one since it is often uh, general education courses anyways. Doing that intense research for a month, 
or a, a few hours a week for your whole senior year of high school. Then spending what you would spend on your first semester of college trying to start your own business is worth way more in knowledge than you will acquire in the first year or two that college would get you. Maybe more than all four years would have gotten you. And that is all the positives if the business failed. If it did, you can spend some time analyzing why it did, what you did wrong, what things were outside of your control and went wrong, and how to manage them better. Then if you're up for it and you have the risk tolerance, you could take what you would have spent on your second semester of college and this time make sure you succeed and your business venture is successful. But what if you do all of that and the business venture does not fail? What if four years later, when you would be graduating college with a degree and a lot of debt, you instead of that have a thriving business and are making more money from it than any job you could get right out of college with a business administration degree. Any more than any of those jobs that have paid you, you could be making from your business if it succeeds. Then instead of going to college, you spend a fraction of the money to start your own business, learn the skills on the fly with real world successes and failures, and instead of getting a low paying job out of college and working your way up a company ladder, you have your business where there is no company ladder for you since you own it and you were at the top since the day you made your first sale. There is a ton of risk there, and I do not recommend this to everyone, but this could be a great opportunity for those who are up for the challenge. But what if you do not want to go into business? What if you want to be a professional photographer? This idea comes from Darren Doan, so give him the credit, not me. He said he had a challenge for people who want to be a photographer. Take a picture of every sunrise and sunset for 30 days in a row, and then make some sort of video using them all. The discipline involved in doing this for a whole month, especially if this is the summer, so sunrises are early and sunsets are late, plus the skill to make them look good and put them together into a video, means that a person who completes this should have the skills necessary to make it as a photographer. Also, after doing this, you have plenty of pictures to put on your social media or website or whatever other method you use to get new clients. You can also take afternoons to go to parks and lakes and other cool places around you and take pictures of things there for you to put on your social media and website. But what if you wanted to run the social media of several businesses or at least aid in it as your job? That may sound weird, but if you're good at it and get enough clients, you can make a living off of it these days. Forget going to college if they even have a degree for something like this. Learn graphic design and marketing and stuff like that on your own with all the resources that are free or cheap out there, like the ones I already talked about. Then find a business near you, or preferably a few of them, that do not currently have any social media presence, and ask them if you can run their social media for free for a week or a month or something like that. Take some pictures, talk to the owner and or employees, Find out some stuff about the business and run their social media for free for however long you agree to. Maybe they will appreciate it enough to pay you to do it going forward afterwards. And if not, you are building a portfolio to present in order to help you get paid jobs in the future. Also, try to find ways to tie your social media for the company to increased revenue for them. 
if there is any way for you to track that, which might increase the chances they will pay you to do it after your quote-unquote free trial for them has ended. In summary, college is expensive and it is not always worth the cost, though that is not to say that it never is. There are other means by which you can get an education to help you make a good living without paying the high costs of college. Ways that are cheaper and could even make you money in the process of getting the education. So we cover just a handful of them in this episode. This is no exhaustive list and this is not my way of telling you what you ought to do with your life, but think about it, pray about it, look at your gifts, look at what other people say you're gifted at and what you're not because sometimes you might be a little bit blind to your own strengths and weaknesses, and uh, try to find a career that glorifies God and provides for your family. That was this week's episode of Theonomony. As we go, I want to remind everyone that the law of the Lord is perfect, sure, right, pure, clean, and true. So go apply that law in light of the gospel of Christ's atoning death and resurrection to every area of life. Grace and peace, friends. Say